Champione, champione, ale, ale, ale. Uh, hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockerel. My name is Michael, I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and an Arsenal fan and Arsenal a Champione. Uh, champion of, of the FA Cup, indeed, yeah, the, the season has finally finished, the domestic season at least, there's still Europa League and Champions League to, to finish off, but neither of our two sides are involved with that. Um, we'll cut right to the t- chase, Jason, um, take it away, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about Arsenal's FA Cup victory. Well, I'm so happy, I even had, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say brand names on here, but I had some soured sweets and some, uh, chocolatey caramel biscuits just before the, uh, podcast just to get me my veins going get a bit of get a bit of sugar in the veins a bit of energy and uh smiles on my face as you can probably hear um what a day yesterday what a day i mean let's talk about the end of the season probably as well because it was a, a little bit of a limp finish for arsenal you know that villa game we should have won um and that's put bournemouth and um who, who are the other ones watford <laughs> watford <down. laughs> Oh God, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, and, you know, that Watford victory, very nice to be expected at home. Um, but, you know, it, it really didn't make a difference. Europa League, Europa League. But, you know, you're going into a final, an FA Cup final with everything to play for. I mentioned to you before our biggest game in 14 years, which my dad laughed me out of the room the other day when I said that. And I said, no, it's because... 14 years ago was a Champions League final. Winning a Champions League changes the stature of your club in the world. And, you know, it's a crossroads between, you know, bringing your brilliant players in and kind of, you know, being able to save for a year, having those bragging rights. We are the champions of Europe. And since then, we haven't really challenged for any of the top, top trophies. Um, and But in this case, it was a case of being in Europe, not being in Europe being able to zump your rival clubs um, into into a qualifying round of the Europa League to, to, to win a trophy again. I mean, there was so much riding on it to keep players as well, um, to attract players. And, uh, and of course, the Arteta factor, someone who hasn't managed a game in his life until um, the middle of like, this season, who was the first player uh, or manager, sorry, or anyone associated with the Premier League to to explicitly be publicised as having COVID nineteen and essentially bringing down the, the Premier League into lockdown. Um, and apart from a few blips, I've, I've heard he hasn't even played, managed thirty games yet. He has changed this club around. The fans are excited again. The players are playing for him. We can actually defend again. We can pass. We can cross. We can shoot. I mean, I haven't seen this style of football consistently ever as an Arsenal fan ever 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 even with Wenger you know week in week out it was inconsistent you weren't seeing anything I've never been in a final watched a final like that yesterday where I thought we're still in this game even after going 1-0 down usually we would just sit down lie down let Chelsea walk all over us not have a shot on target they they, they got out of their heads after the drinks break they went for it and they were they just they made chances throughout the game. And you thought, you know what? If we get one back, we could go and win this. And from the top to the bottom of this team, they they ran their socks off. You know, whatever we can say about some of the individual players' performance this year is one thing. But they all rallied up for the team yesterday. And, of course, 
There's only one man who we can talk about, and that's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. That is the definition of talisman, is what he did yesterday and in the semi-final and throughout the season. We'd be nowhere without him. That's why it's huge to keep him. I don't think we're going to keep him, and we can speak a bit about that later. But when we talk about yesterday, you know, you saw in the trophy presentation, it was all about him, and, and that's absolutely right, because he has been the face of this Arsenal team, whether he likes it or not. You know, a, a team that hasn't been at their best, um, but he's been the shining star, and it just is, is another is another great chapter in Arsenal history of great great strikers that we've had, bar um, the Chamak and Bentner's days, as someone kindly reminded me today. Um, yesterday was just it was that feeling of relief. I think it was different than the other ones. You know, I was so excited for that 2014 FA Cup win. It had been so so long. It was. It was a weight off our shoulders. It was an explosion of, of of celebrations that we wanted for so, so long. But yesterday was different. It was sort of this pride of saying, even at our worst, we are still pretty damn good. And that, for me, was 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 the icing on the cake of, it's been a really tough season. We started with Unai Emery. God knows what was happening with Freddie Lindbergh. We hired a rookie manager just to keep us in the Premier League almost. I mean, that's kind of where we were thinking at one point. It was so bad. There was such there was such disarray at the club with the players as well. And, you know, even in our worst ever season, we're still better than a lot of teams. And um, I won't name those teams, but over to you, Michael. Well, um, believe it or not, Jason, I'm, I'm actually um, happy with what I'm hearing because... I feel like just as they do in defeat, Arsenal are overreacting. And I feel like when the dust settles, you'll remember, as you've just said, that you've had your worst ever season in the league, finished, what, eighth, ninth, behind Spurs again for the fourth year running, still not in the Champions League, miles away from the top form being a title-winning team. You've just said you think you're going to lose your best player, the the player who, who won you this cup, yet you're going to be stuck with David Luiz still at the back. Um, and you mentioned the FA Cup win in 2014. Obviously, you were winning FA Cups under Wenger right to the end, and, and it didn't change anything. It didn't didn't elevate you. It didn't take you to that next level. So, okay, I realise Arteta, there's a honeymoon period, new manager, there's all the optimism there. But obviously, I'm jealous. Obviously, I, I wish it was us. Obviously, it's a, it's a rather disappointing end to the season from a Spurs perspective to see Arsenal continue their FA Cup dominance. But this newfound dominance Arsenal have had in the FA Cup hasn't coincided with good league form. It's coincided with a decline in league form. And if there is a relationship between how well a team does in the FA Cup and how well they do in the league, then Arsenal would be in a lot better position in the league. Wigan would probably still be in the Premier League rather than facing the abyss that they are now. So, yes, I'm jealous, but I wouldn't say I'm particularly worried or scared for next season obviously I think Arteta deserves credit for for what he's done and, and he could very well be turn out to be the manager people think think he, he could be although if he does turn out to be that manager then I think maybe he'll be going to Barcelona quite quickly and that's something that I'd probably already start getting worried about if I was an Arsenal fan how soon Arteta might be taken away from you if he does continue to win trophies but I just I just go back to the league form and I you know you can win as many trophies as you want we we alluded to it last time we spoke Arsenal become more of a cup team and obviously that's not necessarily a bad thing but you look at the league and I just still think you're miles away from getting back in the top four and being a title challenging team based on 
how you've performed in the league this season, both pre, uh, pre and post Arteta, um, and based on how it's looking for next season. And I just wonder who in the top four do you think Arsenal could replace next season? Presumably not Liverpool or Manchester City. So one of United and Chelsea, which of those two clubs is, is Arsenal going to finish above next season? Well, I think City are almost untouchable with the with the wealth of talents and wealth they have. They can just keep on trying and failing players and one sticks and it works out. And they've got a very, very good manager as well. And it's a lovely stadium, you know, it's, it's a training ground. It's all there for them. So I expect them to win the league. That is my gut feeling. Liverpool, I think, might disappoint next year. I think the relief of just winning it, it's almost like they can rest again. You know, we've, we've got that that uh, monkey off our back with uh, the Premier League and the Champions League again. Um, I don't know how they can improve the squad without ruffling some feathers um, and who's going to want us be second fiddle there. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting transfer market for them. Um, Man United and Chelsea, listen, they, they just about got there at the end of the season. It could have been almost Leicester and Wolves bar a couple of results. So I don't think they've been as good as everyone said they are. Watching Frank Lampard on the touchline yesterday, he, he just looked gormless. He didn't look like he was he even cared. I mean, it was very strange. Listen, he's got a lot of young players. They've signed a couple of players on these pre-contracts, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel excited for them as, as I thought maybe midway through the last season I would have been. You know, they've played some lovely football and Pulisic is an absolutely fantastic talent. Um, but every club has that sort of talent. I'm not sure... Um, whether they're going to, you know, I think they'll all, listen, United and Chelsea are going to be up there, that's for sure, unless something really goes wrong. Um, Leicester and Wolves could be a flip of the coin for their form. I don't know. I, 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 I honestly think Arsenal, if they get the transfer window right, have a very good chance of top four. Have a very, very, very good chance of top four. Um, I um, agree with you in regards to Chelsea. And actually, I'd go further. I think Frank Lampard could get sacked next season. Wow. I don't think he's done anywhere near as good a job as, as people think. If you look at his, I mean, he's done significantly worse than, than Sarri did last season mm. and got much less criticism. If you look at Chelsea's record, most other seasons, as you say, it wouldn't be enough for top four. And now that they are spending again, I don't think Abramovich is going to have the patience if, if they don't improve defensively. And I think, I think they could be vulnerable. So I, I actually think you're right there. I mean, in a way, I was asking the question to try and convey how, how far away Arsenal are, but to be honest, I agree with you. And I think Chelsea are looking quite vulnerable. And I think Lampard, when you contrast him to Arteta in the cup final yesterday, as you said, Arteta came across as the more experienced manager, even though Lampard's actually been a head coach for longer than Ar- longer than Arteta has. Um, well, right. I mean, uh, uh, Frank um, Arteta was up the whole game shouting. You could hear him in every single language possible throughout the game, at every drinks break animated, even within the tunnel before they went out to half time, he was having words with them and using his hands. I mean, that's something he's clearly learned from Pep, just the, the energy and enthusiasm. He must be exhausted more than the players. <laughs> I wonder, though, you um, you have said on this podcast that you didn't want Arsenal to be in the Europa League next season. You'd rather have that clean run at the league. Yeah. Is there any part of you, I know you, you sort of laughed it off when I suggested, oh, could winning the FA Cup actually be a a curse in disguise but is there any part of you that's worried about Europa League next season and it potentially jeopardizing your chances of exploiting the the weaknesses with Chelsea and Man United that we just mentioned could it get in the way 
of you making that run at, at the top four? Well, I know there's a psychological theory about what I what I did. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I was kind of protecting myself, um, caveating for a nice argument if we had lost that final. Um, I, I'm I'm not excited about the Europa League. I'm almost more happy that we've gazumped you and we're at parity with Spurs, which is a terror. Which is you know I never thought. I say I'd be happy with that, but it is sort of a relief that those bragging rights are gone and you won't be banging on for a year at me about it. <laughs> um, a cup is a cup. Listen, I do believe that it's all about trophies now. That's that's a changed mindset since I've seen them. I only I only my biggest Arsenal memories are those days in the FA Cup finals and the trophy lifts, not finishing fourth place on the last day over Tottenham. It just it's that's just what it's like. And in terms of the Europa League week on week. You know, there's there's two approaches you can take. There's the whatever and focus on the league and put all your youth and reserves out because we'll have a big enough squad to do that. Or we go for it and when we get to the latter stage of the competition, if we're good enough to do that. And yeah, I think I've got to take back that because now you're in there, you might as well go for it because of what it offers the European trophy and the um, and the uh, chance to get into the Champions League. For sure, it's, it's another option. But yeah, I, I was speaking to an Arsenal friend earlier today how we just think it's time for, for our league form to get back on track. You know, we love the FA Cup. It's fantastic. But I think also you've got to have, you're right, you have to have this sort of balancing act as well to keep um, at the top of the table rather than being a Wigan and a Portsmouth. Um, I think we have enough global stature and money to do that. Um, but, you know, you have to be careful. And, and who knows who's going to strengthen next year and who's going to focus on what. But if there are so many teams in Europe, it could be something. There could be um, a surprise. Someone like Everton could could uh, whiz up the league and ha- have a bash at fourth place. Um, but yeah, I think Europa League is it's frustrating. But being going straight into the group stage is much better than if we had to go into that qualifying round um, because it just gives us a bit of buffer to say, okay, it's it's one, it's two or three games more than what we would do in the Champions League and everyone wants to be there. So what's the big deal if you have some good enough players who are going to be able to get you over the line? Um, but I want to know your thoughts on what on what happened to Spurs, basically, based on Arsenal's win. We haven't really... I don't think anyone really knew about this scenario until it happened because that's that's significant to, you know, who knows what could happen in a one-off to a random team and who knows who will be playing um, for your side in that lineup and over a couple of games playoff as well in the third round of qualification could all be over before it started. I mean, to be honest, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll regret these words, but I'm, I'm not that worried about it. And in a way, I, I feel like it could benefit us because it, it's only a couple more more games than than you'd have anyway. It's a chance to. I, I think this preseason as well. It's not going to be a, a normal preseason that clubs would usually have, and I, I actually think in an odd way the more games you can have at the start of this season, the better in terms of getting you back up to speed and back in that rhythm, because so much has been disrupted. There's not going to be the same sort of pre-season schedules. And I, I read somewhere, I can't remember who wrote it, but they said, you know, an extra three games in, in September isn't as bad as an extra three games in, in April. If you're going to have fixture congestion, get it at the start of the season. And it's an opportunity for us to to play younger players, to, 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 to play fringe players in the squad. It might even, I mean, I doubt this knowing how Daniel Levy operates, but it might compel us to get transfer business done earlier than usual because we know we're going to have more games than usual at the start of the season. We have to look at it as an opportunity and, and, and use it to our advantage. And hopefully with the calibre of opposition, it shouldn't be 
too difficult for us to to get to get through it. Obviously, I know. <laughs> speaking as a Spurs fan, there's part of me in the back of the head thinks, "Oh, what if we do go out?" But then if we do go out, well, then okay, we we can put all our eggs in the in in the Premier League, and and maybe it will benefit us because I think there are those two schools of thought with the Europa League, as you said. And I think if you're in it, you've got to try and win it. If you're a club that has a deep enough squad to compete in it. Um, but if you're if you're not in it and you don't have any European football, then you have to use that to your to your advantage as well. And I, I feel confident that whatever happens, Jose Mourinho will will use that to his advantage. But I just see it as as a good opportunity to to, to play more members of our squad and, and to get fresh again for the new season. I think that's how I have to look at it. I, I don't see it as too much of a too much of a hindrance. Of course, if we if we lose to FC, I don't know. I can't even think of a name. You know, FC club no one's ever heard of before. And Harry Kane pulls up injured, then yeah, it it will have been hugely influential. But as things stand at the moment, I'm I'm not too worried about it. Would um, it be rude to say that FC club no one probably has won more trophies than Spurs? Well, probably not. They might have won more trophies recently, but not historically. And that if they have, it may be more of a reflection of of the league there, the domestic league they're in, as, as opposed to. To Tottenham. And funnily enough, I just saw a, a tweet from I think he's one of uh, he's one of your guys, Duncan Alexander from Opta. Maybe not. I think I saw him as like a Spurs journalist, but he said that Tottenham's last winning a trophy is close to Danny Ceballos's birth than it is today, and that uh, that makes me happy. Well, you know, play it. Play it right, can it? He's not eight. <laughs> players are very young these days. Players are very young these days. Um. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, congratulations. It's another FA Cup. Obviously, it used to be Spurs who had won more FA Cups than they had the club. Now it's Arsenal. But as I said, the league is the bread and butter. Champions League is where you really want to be. And you're still quite some way off that. So uh, so I'm not worried yet, but admittedly a little bit jealous. But there's still some way to go before Arsenal are the, the force that they once were. And I wonder, do you think that the club from a financial perspective, prestige, and even the players, the fans, I don't know. Is there a segment of, of the fan base in the club that thinks, as, as great as this FA Cup win is, that you would swap it in a heartbeat to get back in the Champions League? And do you not think if you were in the Champions League, this Aubameyang situation would be, wouldn't be an issue? It, it would be clear that he was staying. Do you, do, you not, do you think that as great as it is, really Champions League is where you want to be? I might be kind of, you know, having a bit of, confirmation bias here but I just think that you know you're in it for the trophies you know it's very I didn't enjoy sitting down on a Wednesday night watching us get stuffed against Bayern and not win trophies I just uh, I just don't understand the attraction to that and having players like Aubameyang play knowing they're on the global stage just waiting to get their next contract at a big club you know I've probably enjoyed you know us getting to the latter stages of the Europa League and winning FA Cups more than that um obviously the fine balance is you want to be in the champions league and competing and you know we had that from 2008 till 11 we were still kind of getting to semi-finals and and really going for it and you had a little bit of false hope that you know you could get a lucky draw and do it but you know in recent years that hasn't been the case so i do i do get the argument obviously you want to be in the champions league but i don't care if it's just to say we're there. Obviously, the club is a business now and financially they need to be there and to attract players to build up to then be able to compete for trophies. I kind of understand that argument as well. But from from a fan's point of view, 
it's all about really bragging rights, isn't it? It's, it's I think giving you a trophy any day of the week over Champions League, that over competing in the Champions League. Um, because unless you're really going for it in the Champions League and you have a chance of, of making the latter stages and actually potentially winning it, I, I don't see the point. No, I, I, to be fair, I, I can I can see that, and we all know that how Arsenal did the last time they were in the Champions League, and it, it, it wasn't that impressive. And and if you were if you had sneaked qualification somehow this season, you probably wouldn't have done that well in it if you if you weren't ready for it. And maybe you do need another year under Arteta to to get yourselves back in a situation where if you are in it, you can you can have a better run at it. And to be honest, part of my um, acceptance of being back in the Europa League after having been in the Champions League is that I feel it's a competition we've got a decent chance of winning. Now, obviously, we got to the Champions League final, so we were competitive there and had a chance of winning it. But given the transitional phase we're in at the moment, and I feel like Arsenal are in a, a similar transitional phase, the Europa League is a competition where perhaps we can still be more competitive whilst being in that transitional phase, whereas in the Champions League, you can get found out very quickly um, and who knows maybe Spurs and Arsenal will if we get past the qualifying rounds could meet in the last stages of the Europa League which would be um, quite the occasion if that were to happen I think we'd uh, not speak to each other for a while based on the <laughs> result of that um, so looking back at, at this season then as a whole I presume your your highlights of the season all stem from this late FA Cup run but I was wondering <laughs> if you at Arsenal what your your game, goal and player of the season is. I wonder whether it all all comes down to the FA Cup final and Aubameyang and, and particularly the second goal he scored. But I'd be interested, the season as a whole, where, where the highlights are. Yeah, I think I think with player of the season, I would almost say there are, there's a player of the season, there's a young player of the season, just to, to cheat a little bit. I think I was very critical of Saka at the beginning of the season and I eat complete humble pie here because he was he's a clear example of why Arteta is at this club. And he's to take players and improve them through great innovative coaching. And that's what he's done with Saka, who strangely didn't start the FA Cup final, kind of been on periphery since he signed his new contract. But certainly there's room to be excited there with such a versatile player and effective player um, who seems integrated in the squad. And of course, the player of the season is Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. There is there is no one else who's been as good as him, as consistent as him, um, and he's gone about it with minimal fuss. Even regarding the contract situation, he said nothing, absolutely nothing. He's just got on with the job. Occasionally gone missing, but nearly top goal scorer again, um, banging them in for fun in FA Cup semi-finals and finals. And, and for me, you know, by a mile, he is player of the season now. Game of the season has to, again, be yesterday because just in terms of the enormity of it, of what it meant to everyone and what it symbolised in terms of our start of season to the end of the season, from day one to day 342, how far we've, how far we've come since then. And, you know, it was really special for, for Arteta as well. Um, but goal will surprise you. I mean, it was... It was that goal that Aubameyang scored against Man City, the second one, where Tierney pinged it down the left and he made a massive run, ran onto the ball and basically nutmegged at, um, Edison. And it was just that moment, 
the joy in that moment was almost more joy than yesterday because it was the moment I thought we're going to go and win this cup and this that was the moment where you thought our manager's a genius this isn't just us getting a fluky win at Wembley against Man City this is a, a sign of how far this club has come um, in the past few years in terms of style and class and I'm really I was really really impressed with that goal as as, as a standalone goal but again it's all about symbolism, I think, as well. So it's been, uh, you know, it's the FA Cup has been our season, unfortunately. The league has been a terrible, miserable write-off. Um, don't think we even competed in the League Cup this year, barely. Um, and, um, you know, the Europa League, unfortunately, just before the break, it was just, it was, I would say it's just unlucky. But uh, interesting to throw that question back at you because there hasn't been too much to celebrate at Spurs. Well, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say your player of the season was Anthony Taylor, just for his uh, refereeing <laughs> oh, performance yesterday. Um, in terms of, of Spurs, I'd say um, game of the season, probably the 2-0 win over Manchester City. Just the atmosphere that day was fantastic. And it was the first big sort of statement win of the Mourinho era against a fellow top six club. And from the Lloris penalty save to Bergvine's debut goal, everything about it was just um, felt like the beginning of something new and, and gave me confidence that we were actually heading in the, in the right direction under, under Mourinho. Um, a runner-up would probably be the North London derby win over Arsenal, which pretty much was the result that confirmed we were going to finish above you in the league again this season. Um, but slightly dampened by the fact that there were no fans there to enjoy it, winning the first North London derby in the new stadium. Uh, in terms of player of the season, I'm actually going to go for Hyungman's son, wow. who has scored a lot of important goals for Spurs this season. Uh, that last-minute winner against Aston Villa when he was playing with a broken wrist or broken arm. And I actually think I saw somewhere, I should have looked this up to double-check beforehand, but I think in terms of goals and assists, he's had one of his most, if not, the most productive season he's had at Spurs in terms of goals and assists. Um, obviously, he scored the equaliser against Arsenal, goals against Leicester and, and Newcastle as well, and scored what was not just Tottenham's goal of the season, but the goal of the season with that run and finish against Burnley. Although my personal favourite goal is one that some people listening might not have seen or remember, but I would uh, recommend they look up, which was Lo Celso's debut goal which came against Belgrade in the, the Champions League. Uh, the Champions League, I, I, I don't know if you've heard of it, Jason. It's a competition for oh, best teams in Europe. Um, but what <laughs> happens is Lacelso picks up the ball kind of around the centre circle, drives forward. He lays the ball off of Kane. You think it's going to be an easy goal. Kane shoots, hits the post. Falls to Son, shoots, cleared off the line. Comes, <laughs> goes up in the air. You think Deli Ali is going to try a bicycle kick, gets shoved over. Ball goes out wide, crossed in again. Kane has an open goal, hits the bar. <laughs> bounces out again, is scrambling all over the place, and then somehow Lo Celso is able to knock it in. And for me, that goal sums up Spurs' season as a whole. Comedy of errors, missed opportunities, but somehow we managed to scramble something over the line and have a little something to cheer about. And Lo Celso, who would probably be a runner-up for Player of the Year, giving some little glimmer of optimism going into next season. So I think that, that goal sums up Spurs' season, and hopefully... Next season, there will be a, a little bit more to shout about and it won't be, we won't be ending the season on a feeling of relief that we've managed to stack to draw against Crystal Palace and Wolves have lost, which means that we finished sixth and 
then hoping that Arsenal didn't win the cup so we didn't have to play in a qualifying round. Hopefully the end of next season will be a little bit more to shout about than that. But um, a relief to end the season in the top six and back in Europe and above Arsenal. And I'm just going to forget about the FA Cup. You did um, forget about a couple of uh, stats for Hung Min Sun. There's also two red cards in there, I believe. I'm not sure if there was another. And one leg break. So, uh, yeah, absolute hero for the Premier League this year. Uh, cla- cla- classy as ever. Uh, speaking of leg breaks, I thought Xhaka, I felt really worried for him after that, that second Kovacic yellow card. But lo and behold, just like all the other Arsenal players that day, he, was, he dived. So that was reassuring to know that he hadn't actually hurt himself. <laughs> I don't so, like comment or speculation. <laughs> looking ahead to next season, then we've kind of touched on this already. But what are the hopes for Arsenal over the summer transfer window? The, the rumours there have begun, and what are the hopes now for next season? Is this FA Cup really a springboard for success in the league, or is it is it going to be the the same old story with a your best player leaving and a, a David Luiz horror show on the opening day? Well, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> with Arsenal. Um, we know how they like to go back to the reset button once in a while. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of rumours. I keep hearing about Coutinho and Willian um, and who's the other one? Thomas Partey, all kind of linked to super agents and whatnot. Um, I was reminded today that we just signed Pablo Mari on a full-time deal. So we have him, plus William Saliba is now back in the fold. So you got a lot of defenders. I can't see us signing a defender, even though that's probably what we need, a world-class defender. Um, I think Martinez will be number one. There's no way back for Leno now, unless Martinez really um, has a terrible six months um, or someone comes in for him. I could see us getting a centre-mid. I think Torreira's future is uncertain. It wouldn't surprise me if Shaka wanted to leave based on what happened to him early in the season. Gwendozi's gone. Um, and Willock isn't quite ready, in my opinion. And Ceballos, who knows if that loan is going to go ahead. And but I don't think anything really up front. Lacazette could leave. He looked really unhappy. Um, and if that happened, I don't think we'd replace him. I think we'd put shift Aubameyang back up front, put Saka on the wing, maybe give um, Martinelli another chance when he comes back from. Uh, Mendry and obviously you have Pepe who's starting to hit a bit more form now but um, no I, I, I can see us uh, strengthening in midfield and not much else to be honest I think Arteta wants to see what he can do with this group of players maybe get rid of Nelson maybe bring a couple of up and coming or see if there's an exceptional opportunity for an attacking midfielder if we get rid of Ozil someone like you know a Grealish or a or Madison whether we could get Grealish or not based financially I don't know but We'll have to see. Um, and our hopes based on that is top four. I mean, you're right. You know, we do need to get back to that sort of parity as such because, you know, that's where we want to be in, in that Champions League. But also I want a trophy. And whether that's Europa League or FA Cup again or even the League Cup that's eluded us for so long, um, that would do just fine. Um, but we've got to be competing for that top four because even though we kind of looked like we were, the league was deceptive this year. I think we, we didn't really have a chance based on, on that start. But with a good start to a season with a proper manager, why not um, get back in with the so-called elite? And kind of um, throwing back the question at you, I think it's a it's a broken record, really, that Spurs need that trophy monkey off their back so everyone will stop banging on about it. 
Um, and I guess, you know, who knows how many players you'll be able to sign after the, the money that you get from the um, Amazon Prime All or Nothing documentary, which I believe they've just renamed it to Nothing. That's, uh, haven't heard that one before. Uh, yeah, in terms of transfers, I mean, it looks like hopefully we'll get a deal done for Hoiberg from Southampton, which isn't the most glamorous signing, but I've often found with Spurs and with other clubs, it's the most important signings aren't the most glamorous ones. They're the ones who provide uh, either the strength and depth that you're missing or the balance that you're missing. And, and particularly in midfield, we've lacked a, a balance in that midfield. It, you, it's been very easy to play straight through Spurs, particularly before Mourinho came in. And I think we, we need to, to reinforce the midfield and particularly in centre midfield so that we can have the likes of Lacelso and maybe Undombele if he stays, flourish more in attacking positions. And fullback, I think, is another area we need to strengthen. There's talk of maybe Serge Aurier going to AC Milan, which obviously would mean we'd have to bring in another right back. And I think fullback is definitely a, a position where we've never really recovered from losing Kyle Walker and, and from Danny Rose's injury problems and then other contractual issues that he's had with the club. So I think those are the most pressing areas of concern. And if we can address those cleverly and maybe bring in some solid backup to Harry Kane, which um, there's some interesting names being suggested for that. Uh, if we address those issues in the squad, then I think we can uh, get back in the top four. If we can replicate the form that we've shown since Mourinho has come in and since the league restarted from lockdown, if you took that form and, and replicated it over the course of a whole season, it would give you a points tally that would be not, you know, enough most seasons to finish in the top four. I think we are in the top four um, the, the post-lockdown top four and the post-Jose <laughs> top four. So I don't think both of those things lie in terms of... Worthy of a trophy. Well, yeah, no, but no, but in terms of indications of how he might do next season, I think it's proof that Mourinho has improved us. He's improved us defensively. And the, the, at, the end of the, at, at the end of the day, the table doesn't lie. He's got us back in the top six, despite being 14th when he came in and the start we had and all the injuries. So... If we can keep players fit, if we can reinforce in key areas, not by spending big money on big names, but just clever little signings that address those little gaps in our squad, then I have trust that Jose can give us the consistency and the solidity to finish higher than sixth next season. I think United and Chelsea are vulnerable, as we, as we both said. And I think we do have a decent chance of, of winning a trophy. I think under Mourinho, we've got a, as good a chance as we've had for a long time. And I feel like trophies are going to be much more the better priority than they were before under Pochettino we got to um semi-finals and, and finals in, in his first season of the League Cup and the FA Cup but it was never his priority you could see that in terms of team selections and, and performances he had his his sights set on on Champions League and, and Premier League and you could say that was overly ambitious but he did get to a Champions League final he did uh have a, a proper title challenge a couple times fell short but I think you could argue that the reason we fell short was because that winning mentality hadn't been instilled by winning one of the domestic trophies first. And Mourinho likes to go out with Chelsea both times he won the title. He'd like to go out and win the League Cup first. And I feel Mourinho knows that the, the way for him to be a success at Spurs is to do what Pochettino couldn't and win a trophy. So I think that will be much more of a, of a focus and priority. And hopefully that will mean uh, that we actually get over the line and whether that's Europa League, whether that's the League Cup, whether that's the FA Cup, I think certainly a trophy needs to be the priority and hopefully we can we can do top four as well or maybe we'll end up 
putting all our eggs in the Europa League to, to kill two birds with one stone. But I, I actually am cautiously optimistic based on how we play post-lockdown. And if we can make some decent signings, start the season well and continue the upward trajectory Mourinho has showed, I think there's every chance we can get back in the top four next season and and end the uh, the 12 year now trophy drought. And I think for both Spurs and Arsenal, I think we both agree that United and Chelsea are looking more vulnerable than people realise, even if they do continue to strengthen in the transfer market. I think Mourinho and it pains me to say Arteta are probably both better managers than Solskjaer and Lampard. So let's see what happens next season. It could be a lot more competitive between Spurs and Arsenal this season, or sorry, next season than it was this season. I think this season we thought we could both be you know, competing for the top four. It didn't quite work out that way. I don't think we thought Pochettino and Emery mm. would both be replaced in, in the same season. But now going into next year, Mourinho and Arteta both have had half a season, both going into their first full season, both with a proper transfer window in pre-season. Uh, there'll be a lot to play for and it'll be fascinating to see who comes out on top and whether Arsenal can actually finish above Spurs for the first time in, in five years. Yeah, and maybe even get another trophy on them uh, come August 29th when we face Liverpool in the traditional season curtain raiser, the Community Shield. You, prob- you probably will. You probably will win that as well. <laughs> and I'll be here live to discuss it. <laughs> so... That, that, that's a wrap on this season then for, for Cannon and Cockrell. The first trophy of the Cannon and Cockrell era has been won by Arsenal in the FA Cup. Really? The end of season awards have been given out. Hyung Min Sun and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots to discuss with summer transfers and, and looking ahead to next season. And managers of the season? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one for Arsenal. We've got three contenders. Yeah, you've almost had as many managers as Watford, I think. It's tough. I mean, between Freddie Lundberg and Unai Emery, I'm not sure which of those two you'd, you'd say is your manager of the season. I mean, you got you got to you can't give it to Unai. He's already got another job, so uh, Freddie it is. Unai Unai's Villarreal to to knock Arsenal out of the Europa League next season. That's what I'm looking forward to. You could see it. It will be a bad bad evening. 